Welcome to the Life After Life podcast, where we explore our soul's physical and non-physical journey. I'm Majana. Let's discuss angels, guides, and loved ones from the other side. Hello, everybody. Good to see you, and welcome back. We have Thomas Miller in the house. (laughs) (laughs) Always in the house. Just uh, might be doing other recordings at any given time, right? That's very true. Yes. We actually both happen to be in the sound booth right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's what she did. She actually locked the booth from the outside. (laughs) (laughs) you can't come in unless i'm coming in with you i've got i don't know if it's going to be 15 or 18 hours but it's going to be a long audio book i can tell you that going on yes so if you i think most of you know thomas narrates audio books and for mainly two authors that keep him pretty darn busy and who are you doing right now well i'm doing steve forrest but uh fred dodson uh, got in there with two books actually and so i was juggling three at the same time So Steve is about astrology, and he is one of the world most authorities. So if you're interested in astrology, Steve has books out there, and they are turning into audiobooks, compliments of Thomas Miller. And then I've talked about Fred Dodson a few times on here. He is right along the lines of the a lot of the things that we talk about, and Thomas has narrated how many? 28. (laughs) Only a few. (laughs) 28. So, so yeah, those are very interesting. Everything from parallel universes and how to create your own reality and oh, so much more. And the one that's coming out here soon is on time traveling, which is a really cool one. That is very cool. We may be talking about that. But today, Angelina had a really, really good question. And actually, she sent me a YouTube video and asked me to watch it. And this has popped up in a few different venues of late, so we thought it was definitely time to do a podcast on the safety of everything that we talk about. Bottom line is, is this satanic? Hmm. (laughs) A topic close to my own heart right now. Yeah. And even for things that we can't go into full detail here, but just know that this subject came knocking on our door last fall in a very, very, very big way. And there were some hurts around it, some wounds, some scars that are being worked through. And a story in progress is a story that you just don't talk about. So we'll just keep it to that. But just know that this is a very relevant topic and very present in our world right now. Yes. So is is this or anything else that we talk about satanic? All right. If you've been listening, I hope and I just have to believe that you know me well enough by now that if it was on any level, would I be doing this? <laughs> and would I be encouraging anybody else to do this, to put yourself at risk? So absolutely not. But let's look at that. Let's break it apart a little bit because think I'm starting to understand maybe where some of these questions are coming from. And I asked Thomas to help with this podcast as well because he has a far deeper background in Bible than I do. And that's where all this comes from. And she lets me in here anyway. (laughs) Because he has seen the light. (laughs) So, all right. Why would people think this is satanic? Fear is the short answer. 
And that is instilled by a plethora of teachings in the Bible about Satan, about uh, dark energies, about the devil, uh, about possessions. Perfect example in the New Testament, there is a uh, person in near the Sea of Galilee who is basically possessed with a legion of demons. So the Bible says legion. There are many. Jesus is passing through the area, and they take him to the man. The man does all kinds of things that you would suspect of multiple demonic possessions. And Jesus starts talking to the demons and says, who are you? And they say, legion, we are many. And Jesus basically casts them out of the man. The man immediately becomes peaceful and quiet. The demons are now back in the in the non-physical world and need to go attach somewhere. So he sends them to a group of pigs who then run off of a cliff and fall into the Sea of Galilee. And, of course, that's interpreted as those were Jewish farmers raising those pigs. So Jesus sent those spirits into a group of animals that those Jewish farmers had no business having in the first place. Yeah, so... That's probably one of the bigger ones. There are also numbers of stories where Jesus sent the disciples out to minister, to heal the sick, to cast out demons. So it's really kind of riddled all through both the Old and the New Testament. And as people read that literally and take it interpretively and then hear sermons on it about the evils of the devil and the wiles of the, uh, of the demonic realm, that they become a inexperienced with it and don't want to experience it and b just become frighteningly afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so many things in that. I mean that you know truly that's just leaves me a little bit speechless. So, I guess to start with understand that I was raised Christian. Actually, I was raised Lutheran which was pretty darn strict, and we were memorizing Bible verses, and I had two years of, I think, confirmation is what we called it, confirmation classes, and it just never landed with me. It never resonated. You mean the whole message? The whole message. I mean, it. now, I, I always believed in God, and I still do, whatever you want to call God. At universe, the source, whatever that word is for you. And I do think that Jesus was a person that walked on the earth. I don't know that his name was Jesus. I kind of don't believe that. His last name was definitely not Christ. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. So, but you know, I've, I've done a little bit of reading and there is some documentation that would back up that there was a person actually named Isa, I-S-S-A, that followed some studying, some paths that could correlate with Jesus's missing years and his studying with monks and so forth. So, okay, I'm good with that. But in my mind and in my heart, Jesus is just a representative of a path to higher consciousness, just a good person to follow, <laughs> right? Take the good, what resonates with you, and toss out the rest. Now, I know that you could take this podcast to, I mean, this could be a four-hour episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, it really could. If and we got could, this out of hand here. This could be a fun thing, even with a panel, right? These are mm -hmm, the kind of really mm -hmm. deep discussions that I enjoy. And look, I don't want to disrespect anybody's upbringing or 
current personal beliefs. Absolutely. Because I grew up in a very fundamental family. I honored my father and mother. My brother and I did not rebel against the teaching that we grew up under. I really didn't shift my perspective on this radically until I was basically 50 years old. So this is something that I carried through most of my life until I just, it, it ran a course that it just didn't work anymore. I had really ignored it for most of the, uh, my adult years. It was just there, and I just didn't do anything with it. I didn't need to. And then I hit a point where I needed something else, and that was my back up against the wall. But I can tell you what I did with it, and that was I literally took my life to a whiteboard of erasure of everything that I believed and have started to rebuild that paradigm. And within that context, I am still grappling with and wrestling with the knowledge that I grew up with. I mean, I had an undergraduate degree uh, minor, uh, undergraduate minor in biblical studies. So I kind of know the book or know about the book. And I'm still grappling with a number of those things. But what I do know is that there is a very stark contrast between many of the things that are in the Bible and a lot of things that Majana has experienced. And and as you started this episode, you said, would you lead people off of a diving board to jump into waters that are full of sharks? And obviously, no. And I can tell you that Majana is... A, the most loving person you could ever meet in your life, the the most giving. Also, she does not uh, have convulsions and foam at the mouth and, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the house is fairly safe. I mean, there are no pads on the walls except in this booth, um, you know, et cetera, right? It's like... <laughs> There has been no exhibition of anything demonic. Things do not levitate and float around the house on a regular basis. We do not hear noise. And I didn't hear anything. Did you hear anything? <laughs> it's like, no, that doesn't happen. Um, and it is very normal and very loving in this environment. Um but there's a stark contrast of many of the experiences that she has had firsthand in being able to see into the non-physical world that simply do not reconcile with the biblical narrative or the biblical interpretations, let's put it that way. And what I've done to reconcile it for myself, and this is all I've got right now, is that I looked at a fundamental pivotal point in history where manuscripts were scarce, and then all of a sudden there was a council meeting, and all of a sudden manuscripts were prolific, and that was the Council of Nicaea in the early 300s. There were other council meetings around that time. I don't know all the details. CNN was not there. (laughs) Fake news, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. But the point is something shifted, and I don't know how the narrative changed, I do know that it replaced basically a system of Roman mythology, which was all metaphor. So I think the best thing is if Jesus was, you know, like you say, if if there was a person who walked the earth, and historically there's merit to that, that a lot of the interpretive things that have come down the line have been metaphoric to support what Jesus became in the eyes of the Roman church. And that's about all we need to go into here, I think, from this perspective. But 
But the point is that a lot of the experiences that Majana has seen with her eyes and felt with her intuitive presence just don't reconcile. And if you don't have symmetry, then you're dealing with something that needs to be stepped back away from and examined with a different perspective. So with that really good little history lesson, thank you. (laughs) Like I said, he's way more versed on this than I am. The bottom line, I think, is that the Bible certainly came about during a political change, and therefore there were some political uses for it. And if you want to control people, what's the best way to control them? Bullets or... Which also lead back to... Hell. Fear, yeah. (laughs) Fear. It's all fear to, you know, just instill fear. Yeah, and see, and that's a good point, because at the time of that transition, Rome's army was deteriorating greatly and they were just trying to hold on to what was and that's what Constantine's effort was was to rebrand it was a classic rebranding and he got a hold of something that extended the Roman Empire down another couple of hundred years so it was brilliant at that but to create this scenario where if you don't have an army you can control the population by enacting this spiritual belief system that if you die without following what they're going to provide, then you go to this place called hell. I mean, that's pretty effective. It is. You know, and this is what I love. So if you're at all interested in delving more deeply into this, keywords that you would want to look up is Constantine, Council of Nicaea. And what we have found out is obviously the council read through documents that were available, which, by the way, were not written by the disciples or by Jesus. They were like lifetimes later so there's that whole issue but the council chose what to put into this book of the bible and what what narratives to leave out so they're kind of telling everybody this is what is true and what to believe and the others not so you know they could kind of control some of that and guide it towards their purpose so the other thing that i just find fascinating with all of this is how they Took, looked at the major religions, right? Paganism, Judaism, and Christianity, and said, okay, we want to get the masses all on the same page. So let's come up with holidays. I just, this cracks me up that are in sync with all of them. So if you really break this down so that Jesus was born in December in a desert and it was snowing, <laughs> probably not. Yeah, I'll tell you there are so many incongruencies with the whole thing. And look, I don't here's another thing. I don't let's don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because when you boil the teachings of this message down and the reason that it has held for all of this time and the reason that people say it does change their lives and gives them hope is two key energetic words. Love and forgiveness. And you can't get any higher than that. That's absolutely right. So when you practice that, so the thing is based on, and I don't know if it came from aliens or if it came from really smart people that were uh, in charge of Rome during that time, or if it really was exactly as it is written. I uh, studied or came up under a pastor who said, I believe that Bible from Genesis to maps. I mean, he was <laughs> he was all in. and. And maybe it was, you know, however it is, if you believe, but the core message of love and forgiveness is a great message. 
All right, so what else is happening in the Bible that sometimes or often is overlooked that actually says, hey, all of this is okay? So when Angelina reached out with this YouTube video and asking questions that have also come up in our life recently, one of those that just is like so blatant and people so often overlook it is that what were the Magi? They were wise men from Persia. Who were masters of? This devilish system called astrology. Yeah. Did y'all know that? (laughs) Seriously, the Magi were master astrologers, and they were very, very highly sought after for their wisdom. Hey, it says so on the internet. Look it up. It's in Wikipedia, so it has to be true. And I contributed to Wikipedia this year, by the way. Oh, gosh. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. So people that consider astrology satanic you know the basis of the whole new testament is part in part based on this right when the wise men and so forth show up at the birth all right they also jesus meditated and they do talk about that a lot he went off and meditated on his own in this particular youtube video this girl and i'm just going to kind of point out some things that she said because they're representative of other questions that i've received and things that have come up, that even meditation and yoga are satanic or are dangerous. Well, I, I <laughs> sometimes I have to, I'm a little speechless here. I know, I don't even know what to say about that one. So on so many levels, those two, I would think that people are really over any judgment with that since there's such a broad base in every yeah i hope so i went to a junior high school called tulsa christian academy for about three years there i think it was seventh eighth and ninth grades and it was uh, from a very heavy influence of that school and its patrons were from the uh, culture of bob jones university and some of you will know exactly what that is it's in south carolina And back then, now in the 1970s, we had just come through the sexual revolution of the 60s that was still in effect. They would not allow the men and the women on their campus to walk on the same sidewalk. Wow. So it's, you know, I grew up with this. We've come a long way, baby. And and things like that, anything outside of the paradigm was just thrown over into the barrel controlled by the devil. Well, okay, so I love love this this thought of this, all right? So I understand if you have, in the Bible, you have to have a good and an evil. If you have a pathway to love and salvation, then you have to have something evil. It's the protagonist and the antagonist of every good movie, right? Yeah, you have to solve a problem, you know? You're solving a problem of sin. We're solving a problem of why are, are some people not good people? In fact, you can look in yourself and say, why am I not a good person? Exactly. So we've talked about in other podcasts that on the earth, there are people, we're all here, we all come from love and we're here to grow. And some of us made agreements to come in as not very productive and loving humans in order to help other people learn their lessons and experiences as well as enabling us to have experiences from a lower perspective, right? If you're very judgmental and condemning and you are quite happy with that and it's all great until the tables turn and now you are being judged and condemned. 
very many ways of, of doing this. You're talking somewhat about Neil Donald Walsh's Little Soul in the Sun, and that book, I've got to say, you turned me on to it. It has so helped me in my perspective around this. I just can't tell you how much of a difference that book has made. That, it, In other words, don't judge somebody else's path. Yeah, you just don't know. You don't know. So we have to have the protagonist and the antagonist. We've also talked about because of that, you can walk around on the earth and you can find yourself intentionally or unintentionally in low vibration places that you probably don't want to be, that we would not consider safe. And that the same holds true outside of the earth, that we're talking infinite possibilities. We're talking, whereas the Bible talks about heaven and hell and the earth is in between. My experience is there's way more options than that. What we would consider heaven, anything above the earth's vibration, there are many, many different levels. And each one, as you elevate your consciousness and your vibration becomes more and more beautiful. It's just amazing. Likewise, there's the other end, right? As you can go down lower on the spectrum of consciousness and there are lower energies and evil and the deeper you go the worse it gets so if you have a choice why would you go dancing with the dark side whether you're here or there just don't do that the biggest protection around this and this is what just as my grandmother would say this just fries my pie (laughs) is christian's And again, we were raised Christian and there's a place and I'm not, please, please, please don't feel like we're just bashing Christians. What we're saying, what I'm saying is if you truly look at the, the message that's in the Bible of love and that we are connected with source, then we know the strongest power in the universe is love. This is what I talk about all the time, right? This absolutely is the strongest. And if you are in alignment with your higher self and that sense of love, why are you worried about anything else? So in biblical terms, God whoops Satan's butt. (laughs) Why are you worried about Satan? God's on your side, right? Unless you're going to go dancing with Satan and looking for him and asking for intermingling, why are you worried about it? Well, I think the the answer to that how it would be interpreted is because that final victory hasn't taken place yet and he's a menace in the meantime okay and you still get to choose chocolate or vanilla satan or god what do you want good or bad so it's again like i've talked about so many times when we are dealing with disembodied spirits or entities or energy on the earth you have domain you have absolute control so a person and that's equal to you because they're you're both humans can come up and they can cause physical harm to you and they can taunt you and make your life difficult when we're talking out of body because this is the earth and this was created for humans we have domain so another spirit can they they can come and i they do I, that's a whole different topic, whole different podcast, which is kind of fun. But that doesn't mean that they are, they can force themselves on you because all you have to say is no. 
And people don't understand that. That's the biggest thing. We just don't know how powerful we are. And as long as you're standing in love, you are more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Can I share something with you that I just clicked on my iPad? It happened to be right where I stopped the audiobook before we started this. Hey, little teasers are good. <laughs> so this is uh, Steve Forrest is the author, and the book is called The Book of Earth, and it's about the earth elements in astrology. And what he's saying here basically is that the energies that are represented in astrology by the various things that astrology shows you, the planets, the signs, all of that, he's saying that the energies of these astrological entities exists. It has been created, and therefore it cannot be destroyed, only changed in form. That's you, a lot of You physics. like physics, right? You know that energy cannot be created or destroyed. He's saying that the energy that is imprinted as our life is going to unfold. But what actually determines the form of these celestial event, the form that these celestial events will take is your own choice and your own responsibility. Keyword. In all of what follows, your ace in the hole is your own magic. You and the planets are co-creating your story. I get choked up on that. That is so beautiful. And he said, real-life astrology happens at the interface of consciousness and the vast archetypal fields of possibility that the symbols represent. The vast fields of possibility. In the last line of this section, he says, you are as powerful as they are. Yes. Wow. Well, that was just a taste <laughs> of, of Thomas narrating. That's what I get to do book. every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Hey, let's do a cliffhanger. Let's do. Part two will be continued. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you again to wrap this up and then on to other topics. Until then, namaste. <laughs> 